Well, good morning. Welcome to everyone who didn't go somewhere for spring break. Bummer. <laughs> oh, at least it's getting warmer here and we can laugh at everybody else who went to warmer climates and it's like, haha, we got 60 in rain. Woo! No, I'm glad, glad you're here this morning. I'm, I'm Pastor Aaron. I'm a campus pastor here at Watershed. Uh, we're glad to be able to worship with you uh, today on Palm Sunday. Uh, today is the day where we celebrate Jesus coming into Jerusalem, the start of Holy Week, uh, where we will remember um, that Christ gave his life for us, um, that our king uh, that we celebrate and sing to um, would sacrifice himself so that we may be saved, so that we could have life. And so uh, as we remember him today, as we celebrate him uh, today, I want to invite you just to stand and greet each other, um, say hi, share your name, uh, and that's always a fun one. Even if you know each other, share your name. If you'll join us as we uh, sing to our Lord this morning.
God, uh, we pray this morning as we continue to worship you, as we look to you, Lord, as we sing that your spirit would fall fresh on us. Move us in our hearts and our minds by your Holy Spirit, your very presence that is with us this morning. Help us to feel that presence, Lord, experience your presence so that Jesus, we can not only know you as our Lord and Savior, but today we can also know you as our friend. We pray this in your name. No pen or quill, no scribe in perfect skill. With lofty thought, no lofty thought, no scholar of this world could grasp an inch of such infinity. Though we cannot comprehend such a mystery, just a glimpse of you revealed is compelling us to sing. Holy, holy. 
coming on the clouds. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. Every chain will break. His broken hearts declare his praise. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. He's fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is a Lamb, a Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before Him. Open up the gates. Open up the gates. Make way before the King of Kings. God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. Fighting our battles, every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before Him.
Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Who can stop the Lord? Our God is a lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. He's fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is a lamb, the lamb that was slain. Sins of the world, his blood breaks in shame. And every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful Sunday morning that we could come and worship you, Lord, and uh, we just thank you that we all could be here together. Uh, we pray that you wrap our hearts and minds around your word this morning and uh, just send your peace to this room, Lord Jesus. Amen. I invite you all to watch a short little video. Jesus was celebrating the Passover at a meal with his disciples. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and wine from the table and said, This is my body. This is my blood. Poured out for the forgiveness of sins. After the meal, Jesus and his disciples went into a nearby garden to pray. The disciples fell asleep, but Jesus continued to pray emotionally, asking God for some way out of what was about to happen but saying that it was ultimately up to God. Just as he finished, a large crowd with swords and clubs led by Jesus' disciple Judas came and arrested Jesus. Another one of his disciples, Peter, tried to defend Jesus. He took out his sword and cut off the ear of one of the high priest's servants. But Jesus told him to put away his sword and reached out and touched the man's ear and healed him. Jesus was led away, beaten and spit on by those who arrested him, and he was taken to the Roman governor, Pilate. Pilate told the crowd that he could find no real charges to bring against Jesus. But the crowd screamed out, crucify him, demanding that Jesus be executed. So Pilate handed Jesus over to be killed. When Judas saw that Jesus was going to be he was filled with regret and sadness for betraying him. So he went back to the Jewish leaders, gave them their bride money, and went out into a field and hanged himself. Then Jesus was crucified, nailed by his hands and feet to a wooden cross, 
The soldiers and the other people watching mocked Jesus, asking him why he couldn't save himself. Then, even though it was only noon, the sun stopped shining and darkness came over the whole land. Hanging from the cross, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Someone nearby then gave Jesus a drink by filling a sponge and lifting it up to Jesus on a long stick. After Jesus took a drink, he said, it is finished and died. At that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook. When the guards and the others around Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened, they were terrified, saying, surely he was the son of God. All right, our story video, yeah, covers a lot of as I welcomed us into worship, Holy Week, and what happens this week. We're going to dive into that a little bit more uh, this morning. Uh, as you can see, we have no children's ministry this morning. Uh, we do have, um, yeah, we can jump past that one because, yeah, they're, they're not going anywhere. So, kids, you get to hang out with us in here. Um, being, again, spring break, as you can see, I mean, it's Austin and myself and Ellie this morning. So, Drew and Leah are off on vacation, um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely good to be with you this morning, good to worship together. I do have a couple announcements, though, before we dive into the message. First is, uh, a couple weeks ago, I said we were coming, coming soon was a new podcast, and uh, a podcast just about hearing people's stories, their journeys with Jesus. They're about 20 to 30 minute episodes. Um, we just launched our first one. So if you go to your podcasting platform, it should be there. I know it's on Spotify, Google, and Apple um, podcasting. You can go to hardawike.com uh, under resources. Uh, Hardawike Stories is there. Uh, so you'll hear an intro kind of three-minute overview of what it's all about, and then uh, I get to talk with Jeff, who is currently our council president, and hear a story with him. So if you're interested in just hearing um, people's testimonies, their stories, their journeys, uh, I'd invite you to go over and listen. We'll release a new one each month, um, and if you have a story and want to share it, you get to talk to me, like on the radio. Oh, I'm sorry, podcasting. We don't, we don't do radio anymore, right? No. Like, it's okay to laugh. Come on. I, I need some energy in this room. Come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you've got a story, I mean, if you want to share your journey, you know, we're not dragging you up in front of everybody. Uh, we're sitting in, a dark, in the dark recesses of the red brick building over there. Um, but uh, love to share your story of how Jesus has been at work. Um, being that it's Holy Week, Maundy Thursday is coming up. Uh, we meet in the great room. Uh, for that, that's usually uh, a pretty quiet and reflective service. Uh, there's a lot of readings and singing. Um, do, I'm doing the brief meditation this year. It's really focused around Christ's crucifixion. So if you're interested in that, 7 o'clock on Thursday. Otherwise, next week is Easter, and we're just going to, we're planning on celebrating here. Uh, we're going to have a lot of music, uh, meditation again, just on, on what does the resurrection mean for us. So I'd uh, love to have you join us. With that being said, let's, let's pray and we'll, we'll dive into God's word and be able to share together in communion. 
God, thank you uh, that you are our God, that you love us, that you're with us. Lord, that your grace and your mercy is new every morning. Your faithfulness continues through all generations and in all ways. God, as we remember this, this day, this Palm Sunday where, where you come into Jerusalem riding as a king and people celebrate you saying, Hosanna, praise the Lord. Lord, how quickly things turned. And we're going to talk about that some this morning. God, I, I ask that you help us see you today for who you truly are. That we see you as our Savior, our Lord, our King. That we can see you as our friend, as one who cares for us. Holy Father, that we can see you as the greatest parent ever who would do nothing, would cross no bound to save his children. Lord, as we go into this week, as we not only come into your word, but go into this week, God, may your resurrection, your your. Your, your death and resurrection become real for us. May they again be an anchor for our spirit and our soul, for our lives. God, today uh, we come in, into this space, into this place with a lot of things in our minds. Some things are worrying us, are causing anxiety, are, Lord, leading us into depression, are leading us into loneliness and isolation. Lord, events have, that have taken place this week in Nashville, the violence again in our communities, Lord, we see it all over. Every day it seems like there's something new. God, it weighs on us. We not only pray for brothers and sisters in the community, the Covenant School, Lord, we pray um, for our own community. We pray for everyone who's walked through trauma, horrific, unexplainable acts. God, that your peace would abound. Some of us today come in, Lord, and, and we're excited. We're, we've, got, we've got energy, uh, life is good, and we want to praise you. We want to praise you for that, Lord. Thank you for everything from just the breath we're breathing right now um, to, to the things that make us smile to sunshine, to the ability to, to do our work, to think, to create, Lord, to participate in, in this life that you've gifted to us. Now, Lord, as we come into your word this morning, I pray that you would speak. God, that you would use me, use the words, um, use the work that I've put in. Lord, that you would get rid of something anything that isn't of you. God, so that we can hear your, your truth, your scriptures. Lord, that you would, through this story, especially this story of Judas, that you would, Lord, encourage us to keep running to you instead of away from you. So now, Lord, speak. Speak to us. Lead us. Guide us. Work in us through your spirit. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We've been going through 
our, our, our part of the story series uh, is Let Us Into Jesus. If you, if you haven't been around, we've been covering the different books of, of the New Testament, the, the first Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you can kind of see the overview of what we covered over these last four weeks. We've talked about who Jesus is in particular. Right? Matthew, speaking to a Jewish audience, reminds us that Jesus is the promised king. Right? He's the one we bend our knee to. He's the one we follow. He was the one that, that God had said, hey, I'm going to do this, and you can trust me, so lean into. Right? And so Peter would confess, you're the Christ, you're the Son of God. Yes, and on this rock, this truth, God builds his church. Mark, we talked about agendas, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about agendas this morning, but uh, James and John had agendas to kind of sit at the right hand of, uh, of Jesus, and he goes, I don't think you want to do that, because I came to give my life. Um, I, I came to serve, not to be served. Jesus is the suffering servant who, who would die for our sins. And then as we dove into Luke, we, we were reminded, as Luke writes to a global, more global audience, that Jesus is for lost people everywhere. There's not one of us who doesn't measure up. There's not one of us who, who, who gets it all right. We're all lost in some way, and we need a way back to our God, and God is for us, not against us. Right, Luke and Acts reminds us of that. And then John, um, Corey did a great job last week reminding us that Jesus is fixing everything. He's fixing everything because he is life itself. He is actually, John will go on to say that Jesus is God. Like, that's why God, Jesus, can fix everything. And this is good news for us. It's good news for the world. And if this is good news, I wonder again this morning, I prayed it just a moment ago, like Palm Sunday, Jesus then comes and they celebrate him as he comes into, uh, you know, into town. He rides on a donkey and people are singing Hosanna. Hosanna means praise the Lord, right? The disciples are celebrating him. How do we get, we watch the video, how do we get from that moment to him dying just a few days later? Right? How do we go from celebration to crucifixion? As I've been contemplating that a little bit this week and knowing one of the ways we got there, we're going to dive into the story of Judas. Um, I want to take us to a, a show I enjoy, Ted Lasso. How many of you have watched Ted Lasso? Okay, so just FYI, there's some, there's, there's some language. So if you're not comfortable with language, it's not appropriate for children. Okay, so let me, let me keep it there. Right, but Ted Lasso, I love like Leadership 101, better than any college class you could ever have on leadership. Go watch Ted Lasso. It's great. Right, at the end of season one, you see him here, he, you see the back of his head, he's bringing up a, a whistle, and he's going to put it on Nate the Great. Nate started out as the kit man uh, for for uh, AFC Richmond, and nobody really knew his name. He, he really wasn't much, but, but when Ted Lasso stepped on the scene, he learned his name right away, and throughout the season, you get to see him elevate, right, and, and lift him up. Nate, Nate the Great becomes really great. I mean, he becomes a coach. He, he's, he's becoming something, nobody to something. I mean, it's a great story. And then all of a sudden, season two happens, and throughout season two, 
Nate the Great ain't so great anymore. Now, I'm not going to sell out anymore because, I, you know, if you do want to watch it. But, but Nate ends up in the season betraying Ted. Right? How do you betray somebody who lifts you up? How do you betray somebody who's always for you and not against you? Right? I couldn't help but think, man, when I look at Nate, Judas, right? And that's what Judas is synonymous for, right? Is betrayal, right? Selling out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. How could a disciple of Jesus who walked with him for three years, a friend of Jesus, say, you know what? Let me hand him over to you. How? As he watched Jesus do miracles, as he watched Jesus give meaning and purpose to people's lives, as he watched Jesus put up with the disciples' misgivings and, 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 and misinterpretations, we actually hear in John that Judas was a thief. And come on, yo, Jesus knows he's a thief, and he knows Jesus is probably putting up with him. How? Why? How do you get to that point? We don't know. Scripture never tells us exactly what happens with Judas. Other than Satan is a part of that story. Satan enters him. And, and when this happens in Scripture, it's just a reminder that sin, is, is, it's his sin that, that, that's leading him to do what's wrong. It's Judas's sin. We don't know if it was because Jesus wasn't pushing the agenda forward enough to, to conquer Rome. We don't know if when Jesus started talking about his death, Judas was really uncomfortable with it. And he's like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I want to be successful. You know, I, I don't know. We can't psychoanalyze him because I, I haven't met him. <laughs> we just know he ends up selling Jesus out. There's a but. We saw it briefly in the video. And, and, and we know if you've heard the story, Judas ends up taking his life. I, I, I want to bring us to this story because I think it's important for us this morning. It's definitely a tragedy. But in the tragedy, I think there are things for us to learn. So if you're following along in your Bibles, Matthew 27, otherwise you can follow along on the screen. Let's hear God's word this morning. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans on how to have Jesus executed. Right? Jesus had already been arrested. So they bound him. They led him away and they handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Now when Judas, who had betrayed him, who betrayed Jesus, saw that he was condemned, he was seized with remorse and he returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and to the elders. I've sinned, he said, for I've betrayed innocent blood. Yeah, well, what's that to us? He replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and he hanged himself. The chief priests picked up the coins and said, it's against the law to put this into the treasury since it's blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That's why it's been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, 
the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded. This is God's word. I'm going to say this is a tragedy. Right, when I look at Judas this morning, even though we don't know how and why he betrays Jesus, he does. But in the end, when he sees Jesus arrested, when he sees Jesus handed over to Pilate, what do we see in him? Right, a broken man. Let me take us back to verse 3. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse. I screwed up. How many of you have ever said that? I blew it. Man, I messed up. He was seized with remorse. And not only was he seized with remorse, he goes and he returns the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. Right, the story of Judas, we, we buzz over this little few verses. He was seized with remorse. He recognizes, it, it actually means that in, in the Greek, it means he repented. I messed up. I screwed up. Innocent blood. Right? I, don't know, I don't know if he knew Jesus, what was going to happen was going to take place. I, again, I can't psychoanalyze him. All I know is Judas in that moment understood and took responsibility for the actions he made. He messed up. He was a broken man. As I listened to the story again, as I was spending time in it, I'm like, yeah, man, that's me. How many times have I pulled the Judas moment? How many times have I, have I, I, I done something and I'm like, you know what? I, yeah, bad idea. Maybe I didn't realize it, right? Sometimes, how many times have you ever done something stupid and you didn't realize it? I messed up. How many times have you done something, though, and you did it on purpose? You didn't realize the implications of it, but you did it on purpose anyways, and then you saw the implications of it, and then you were like, oh man, I really messed up. And what does he do as this broken man? He runs to the religious, right? To the system. He goes to the church. That's their church. He goes to the leaders who are supposed to represent God. Right? He goes to the ones who are supposed to make sacrifices for the repentant. For those who said, I messed up. He goes to those who are to help bring healing and hope. And what does he find? A broken system. Ain't that the truth sometimes in the church? Corey leaned into that a little bit last week as he talked about Jesus fixing everything and how you get tired of watching your friends walk away from Jesus because of the dumb things that we do as his representatives because we don't look like him we don't act like him we're too busy with our agendas we're too busy with our associations we're too busy with our ideologies or we're too busy with our certain interpretations but nonetheless Judas a broken man 
who needs healing, who's got a repentant heart, says, I messed up, goes to the people who are supposed to represent God, and what are they doing? They're too busy killing him. And we hear this. What's that to us? What's that to us? What a crazy amount of indifference and hypocrisy. That's your responsibility. They just handed him over to Pilate, an innocent man. What's that to us? It's a tragedy that Judas betrayed Jesus. But guess what? So did every one of his disciples. After they celebrated, today we're going we're gonna to have communion. After, after they celebrated communion and, 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 they, and, and all the leaders wrapped, came around and, and once they arrested Jesus, everybody took off. And even Peter, Matthew will tell this story too right before we hear today's story. But even Peter will go, he'll actually venture out to where they, where they arrested Jesus. And what does he do? He denies Jesus three times. So, so listen, man, folks are, are turning left and right on him, right? It's a tragedy that that happens. But I think there's an even greater tragedy that happens, that this broken man goes to the system, goes to the people who are supposed to represent God, but they were too busy killing him. And in turn, couldn't bring freedom to Judas. Right, what happens? He leaves. He ends his life. I don't know, I'm not going to get into great details, especially with kiddos here. But the reality, if you've walked down what that journey is to be in that place of Judas, to be so lost, to be so alone. I've been there. Lost my best friend. There. There is not a deeper, darker pit. And yet that system, right? The people who are supposed to represent God were supposed to be a light in the dark place, perpetuated the darkness. How can this be? How can this happen for Judas? How can this happen for the church? How can this happen in us? I think it's because of this simple truth. We don't let Jesus be Jesus, plain and simple. We're too busy telling him who he should be. We're too busy with our own agendas. We're too busy with our own ideologies. We're too busy hung up on ourselves that we don't let him be who he really is. I mean, think about Judas. He saw Judas do miracles. I know, I gotta believe, he knew that Jesus knew he was stealing from the purse Right, parents, you've known when your kids have taken a little something, something out of, out of your wallet. Yeah, yeah, I know it's gone. Kids, don't do that. Right, he saw Matthew, Matthew writes this story. Matthew was a tax collector. What do we talk about in Luke? Jesus hung out with tax collectors and sinners. But it didn't register for Judas. He went to the religious system when actually what he needed to do was just run back to Jesus. We see later in the story, every other of the disciples were restored to Jesus. Because that's what Jesus does. He forgives. 
But for whatever reason, Judas, this tragedy of his life is he didn't get Jesus right. And in the end, when he, when, 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 when he could have allowed Jesus to be fully who he was, to offer grace and mercy, to help lift him out of the pit, he couldn't because he was still so blind. He just couldn't run to him. He couldn't give it up. Right? The religious system, man, they were, they were so bent on their stuff. If Jesus had been right, man, these, the, the Pharisees could no longer control the people by the law and all the extra laws because Jesus was blowing up their whole idea of what the law was. The Sadducees, they'd lose some of their power and their prestige with the Romans. That wouldn't have gone so well. They might have actually had to be persecuted. They might have had to look over their shoulders. But in all of it, they couldn't let Jesus be Jesus. Right? That's the tragedy. We go from celebrating him as king, the one who fulfills scripture. Right? Matthew's saying, hey, listen, every act that takes place is fulfilling this story of this God who's come, this Jesus who will offer his life, who will be raised to life for our lives. This king will change everything. This suffering servant will, will, will stoop down to wash your feet. Judas, just, just days earlier, had Jesus wash his feet like a servant would. Judas would experience Jesus who breaks the bread going like this. Here, Judas, this is my body. And yet Judas couldn't run into the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy that was there. The religious, again, so bent, couldn't believe that Jesus was for everyone. Couldn't believe that salvation and grace was available to all. Wanted to keep it boxed up, bottled up. Ah, That's on you. It's not on us. Right? They didn't believe in a God who would come and fix everything. They wanted to keep everything their way. I wonder this morning how often we're running away from Jesus. We're not letting him be who he is instead of running towards him. Are we going to let Jesus be who he is in our lives? He is our king. He is the promised Messiah the one who brings salvation to the world. But he's one who will stoop down to serve you, to give his life for forgiveness so that you and I can be restored, so he could step into the darkness to shine a light so that not even the dark is is dark to him, to bring us hope and to bring us up and out of the mire. Where in our our lives do we need to hear, to know that Jesus is for you? He's not against you. I know you may have messed up again, and it's probably the bazillionth time. How many of you have had that that number go on your your mistakes? Yeah, I'm I'm in the bazillions on some of them. Sure. And then I go, no, man, I I can't. And then I shame myself, and I maybe take a couple days where I'm, I'm down on myself. I'm... But, but all I had to do was actually turn back to the one who goes, let me lift you up. 
how often we run away from him. Brothers, sisters, don't cave to the tragedy of this text this morning. The story of Judas, this religious institution that was so bent on crucifying Jesus, so stuck on their agendas that they couldn't see him for who he is. Run to him. Run to a God whose arms are open wide. Run to a God who will, as we'll hear this week, give his life for yours. Run to a God who seeks to restore and renew. Not to destroy. Not to leave you in your misery, in your mistakes. This is part of why we celebrate communion. Is to remember that this is the body of Christ given for us. Jesus said that. He said, this is my body given for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. It's not a story of how great you are or I am. It's a story of how great he is and what he would do for us. And he says, this cup, this cup, and it is a new covenant. It's a new promise in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Will we run to him? Because God doesn't care. No matter where you've been, no matter where you are, he wants you. He's given himself for you. Will you step into him? Let's pray. As I pray, uh, if the, those who are serving will come forward, um, and then uh, we'll sing as you come forward too. And, and actually, before we pray, uh, just a, a brief kind of heads up on how we, we take communion. There will be two stations, so there won't be one upstairs, uh, just FYI. But uh, we'll come down, and if you come down kind of the, the aisle between the tables and these chairs, kind of come down, make a U, the servers will be there um, saying, this is my body given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. So the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Let's pray. God, Judas's story, story of the religious leaders, Lord, and the other texts around you, Pilate's story, the Romans, the centurions, these are stories of great tragedy. Judas's story in particular is just a tragedy, God, that someone so close would run away. Lord, his heart was gripped with remorse repentance and he still couldn't know still couldn't see that you would have accepted him you would have restored him God I pray that we can I pray that we can see that with you there is forgiveness there is love there is life with you there is hope with you there is healing. 
Help us to see. When we, like the religious, because we are, we're religious, but when we and our agendas get in the way, our ideology gets in the way, some of our interpretations of things get in the way, Lord, help us to again see clearly you. Bring us back to you. And Father, as we celebrate communion today, as we participate in this, as we taste and see that you are good, may that be so, that we'll see that you are good. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you for pursuing us. And thank you that there is hope, even though not every story is filled with it. God, we look to you, spirit move. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you to go ahead and come forward whenever you're ready. My heart needs a surgeon, 
soul needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. Whoa, 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 and again and again. Whoa. Father, that we can run to because of what Jesus has done. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to sing uh, right now, Your Love Awakens Me, because that is the only thing that truly can lift us out of despair is God's love and his grace for us. <laughs> 